Hey guys, Jacqueline and Mina here, and we just want to jump in really quick to tell you something really exciting that we have been working on, and you are the first to hear about it. We are launching our very first course called Multi Stream Machine, where we are going to teach you how to get on more platforms, get more sales, and have more profits. This is an implementation program. And this is something, this is where the product boss was born. We started with a simple presentation and seminar called multi-stream machine, which has actually turned out to be the framework in which we teach all of our mastermind clients and our strategy session clients to start building their businesses and grow their multiple streams of revenue to grow their business. We want you to learn how to master your sales. We want you to learn how to increase your revenue and you will grow your product-based business. So this is this course that we are presenting and we are having for you and Mina, tell them a little bit more. It's only up for seven days, guys. So it comes at perfect timing. You can work on this in the summertime all the way up to the fall where you're implementing how to basically make more money in more places. And now we're bringing it full-fledged, full out into a course where we're going to help you basically grow your business in such a short amount of time. But what we want you to know is this is a beta program. So we are pre-launching it to you right now for seven days. You get that opportunity right now to sign up for it and grab it at a super, super discounted rate, and it will be available to you in the summer. So if you're interested in learning more about this and signing up and grabbing your spot, head over to theproductboss.com slash more, and we'll see you over there. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlo-Sitap, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder. She has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Snyder, with my wonderful co-host, Mina Kunlo-Sita. Hey, Mina. Hey, Jacqueline. So today we are excited to have a very special friend and fellow podcaster on. We have Amanda Bolin of She Did It Her Way. Welcome, Amanda. Hi, guys. It's so I'm so excited to be here, and thank you for the opportunity. Oh, we're delighted. Delighted. Yeah. <laughs> so Amanda, you have a podcast and a business called She Did It Her Way. And would you mind telling our listeners if they don't already know you um, a little bit about your business and what services you provide to your clients? That's right. How much time do we have? Do we have all day? Okay, great. Uh, that's always the goal is to get it condensed down. But um, hi, everyone. Um, nice to meet you via podcasting. I'm super excited to be here. I run a business called She Did It Her Way, and it started out, most people know it from the She Did It Her Way podcast because that's what we started with in 2015 when it started as a hobby. And um, since then, since launching, it has grown into more than a podcast. We have a monthly membership. We've got an annual event. And we're really focused on helping women in corporate transition out of corporate ditching the nine to five by leveraging their skill set to create a business and life that they love. 
a lot of what our clients are trying to make that transition, product people that they'll be in our masterminds and on their lunch break listening in or on the drive to work that are working the nine to five and making it happen on the side. One of the biggest questions we get from our clients, no matter whether they are still working corporate or they are full-time in their businesses is, is time management, right? But then when you have, when you are working, when I say corporate, you have your day job, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they still have their day job, whether it's corporate, they're traveling, whatever it is. And then their, their product business is still sort of their side hustle. Right. And oftentimes it's really hard for them to find that balance. So I know that you are typically helping everyone that you work with like transition or figure out how to transition eventually to the full-time, their side hustle being their full-time. So how could you help our listeners kind of navigate through that? Yeah. I mean, it definitely, I think actually having the constraint and the circumstance of a side hustle or having the full-time job is actually a really great way to exercise the muscle of time management especially because you know that you're at the full-time job for X amount of hours every single day. And so you really have that built in and you have to look at your calendar and other ways to figure out how can you not only find more time, but use it in a way that is productive and efficient to ultimately get you to a place where you feel comfortable. Well, maybe not comfortable, but confident in making the leap and you're taking a calculated leap, not a risky leap, which sometimes I see people do often. And I always advise against it, which we can talk about some of the mistakes to avoid making when you make the leap, just because I've witnessed so many people do it. And I've seen the leaps that are very strategic and I've seen leaps that are very emotion-based. And um, you can definitely tell what type of leap people took based on how they land. So, um, yeah, time management is one of my favorite things because I'm always personally looking for ways to not necessarily get more done. It's not about getting things more done, but it's about getting the right things done. And then as a business owner growing and learning what you can outsource and what you can train other people. But I'm, I'm, and I'm happy to dive into a system that I like to use for one of the things we just did it actually in her way society for our goal setting workshop going, coming into quarter two is thinking about like taking 10 to 15 minutes and brainstorming and more so visioning about where you want to be at the end of three months and thinking about like, okay, what have you accomplished? What are things that you've crossed off your checklist? Um, where's your business at? What does it look like? So spending 10 to 15 minutes doing that exercise and then going back and seeing what are maybe three to five very specific goals or outcomes that you want. So it might be something that's like, I want to grow my email list by a thousand subscribers. I want to sell my first product and carving out, picking out maybe three to five. And then what you want to do with each of those goals is actually make it a smart goal. So make it specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. And then the next step would be to move into a massive action list. So this kind of gives you exactly like, okay, if I want to grow my email subscriber list by a thousand people in three months, what are all the things that I need to do? And you just give yourself zero judgment. You just start writing whatever comes to mind. Once you have that massive action list, you go to your calendar. And like I said, I think they're really good. Like a positive thing is that when you have the constraint of the full-time job, then you know that you already blocked that out on your calendar. Then you have to, the next thing is look is like, when am I going to actually schedule time to work on my business? It might be two hours in the morning from four to 6 a.m. I know that sounds really early, but you just have, it's a season of life and you're going to be out of balance in so many other areas, but that, and that is okay. Cause if you ultimately want to become 
your own boss and have your business where you're running full time, it's choosing and making those decisions. And so let's say you decide that you're going to work two hours from four to six before you go into your full-time job. The next question becomes, what are you going to do with those two hours? So often we open up our laptop, we look and we're like, oh, it says work on whatever or check email. That is not a good system because that is just allowing you to fall into procrastination, to be busy, to not actually produce anything. So then when you have your master, your massive action list, it's time to actually put it in chronological order and then put it in increments of 30 to 60 minutes on your calendar. And when you put it on your calendar, you're going to be writing what you want to produce at the end of 60 or 30 minutes, not what you're going to be doing. Because when you produce, so it might be like create final, create first draft of my sales page in the 30 minute increments, you're going to be able to end the day knowing that you are doing activities and you're completing and producing stuff that is going to get you closer to your goal. So you can easily do it if you want to do a six month, if you're like, I'm going to leave my full-time job in six months, then you just have to brainstorm everything that has to happen and figure out which order it has to happen in and then put it onto your calendar. And I recommend doing two weeks out of calendar blocking because if you try to do anything more, things change circumstance, life changes. And so working in the two-week time frame is something that's been really helpful for not only me, but then the other students that I work with. Amazing. I love all that. I can <laughs> see the wheels turning in Jacqueline's head as you were speaking and she was like nodding in her eyes. She what, do you know me? By the end of it, you're guaranteed results basically if you yeah. did the work. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think another thing too to think about is that we often will we make commitments to other people. Like for example, we'll, uh, we'll say, yeah, I'll go to this event with you. We paid $35 for this ticket. It comes to the night of the event and we're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to go. Why did I sign up for this? But yet we still go. But then it comes to something that actually deals with us and our life and our dreams and our goals and our business. And we break promises all the time. And so I think it's also exercising the muscle to be, to create self-discipline within yourself to keep that commitment to yourself. So when you schedule that you're going to work from 4 to 6 a.m. in the morning and someone asks you to go for drinks on a Wednesday night for Wine Wednesday, you have to defend what you put on your calendar and you have to get in that practice and habit of doing that because if you don't defend it, no one else will. And yes, it may seem like sacrifice, but it's all about what you make it mean in the moment. And so when you say no to things, when you say yes to one thing, you're indirectly saying no to other things. And in this instance, in this example is knowing, like setting those boundaries and knowing that it's only for a season of time in your life. And it's worth the no to not go to drinks or do something else because you are saying yes to your business and you are saying yes to your dreams and your ultimate like life. And in, in, in it may not seem like it's an immediate gratification because building a business isn't immediate gratification, which I think kind of deters people when they get into it. They realize that. But if you can stick with it for six months, a year, 18 months, like you are going to be a different person just by taking massive action, following through, protecting your calendar, keeping your commitments to yourself than you would be if you just did whatever felt good in the moment and just stay committed. It's the same with like food or weight loss where you're like, oh, I'll just eat that. Or, you know, you're going to, you're going to stay up late and you won't be able to work out in the morning. So I think mm-hmm. no matter what, whether it's work, it's, it's like that discipline, that self-discipline and we were just talking about this off air, but a lot of times I remember, you know, in my twenties and I didn't actually a lot of my, all my entire twenties <laughs> have kids. And I was like, I had, I was like, I have no time. I would always be like, I have no time. And then you have first kid and you're like, 
oh, I really don't have any time. Or like, I thought I didn't have time. I had so much time to watch TV or do whatever. And then you have two kids and you're like, okay, even less time. And so I think you get comfortable in that space of what you, what you consider. But like you said, what do you say no to? And you're saying yes to something else and like really being, um, disciplined and intentional with that commitment. Because if you want to get out of your full-time job or even if you're full-time in your business right now, you want to grow it. You need to act on these like actionable and executionable um, steps to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think like the things that you're going to do now, as you transition and build your business, your side hustle to go full-time, the things that you're doing now are not going to be the same things that you do when you get your business to six figures. And the things that you do when you get your business to six figures are going to be different than when you get your business to seven figures or multi six figures. Right. And so it's just understanding that like it is a season of your life. And when you are doing full time with side hustle, like it's not going to be in balance. It's just not. And, and that, and you have to be okay with it. And I think once you, once anyone comes to terms that it's going to be out of balance, whether it means like maybe less time and I, and I don't have kids. So I'm coming at this, like, I'm not speaking from example on that particular part, but I know like when you say no to friends and you say no to social activities, like you just have to make those decisions and you're choosing the decision in the moment to ultimately where you want to go later on. And I have a question. What are friends? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah. No, I, I'm totally like, I actually, some of majority of my closest, closest friends who know me really well are not at all. Like they're, they're teachers, they're lawyers, they're, um, direct like marketing professionals, finance, whatever. They're like out of this space. And so sometimes like balancing the friends that, and the great connections that you make in this world, along with the other great connections you have, like sometimes like, it's just, um, it's just not always in balance. I know uh, there's a book, it's called Decide. Stephen McClatchy, I think he wrote. Um, he did a really great, in that book, he describes like balance is actually, sometimes you feel more in alignment when you're out of balance because you know that you're moving things forward. Like that high that you get because you're getting GSD, you're getting stuff done, um, can feel like fuel you more than if you just stayed in balance. And so I would also encourage people, don't be afraid to get out of balance. Running two businesses, the thing that Jack and I, since we love work so much and we love what we do in both businesses, right? We always, but we have to always be conscious that we're protecting our time. So Mm -hmm. even if it's two businesses or kids or friends, you're always needing to practice that muscle, like what you said of protecting your time. Because if you enjoy it like we do, we <laughs> tend to overwork ourselves. And then we're like, what have I done? I am, you know, haven't protected my time very well. So it's all in the decision making, um, which is so funny because we were thinking about this. You guys, we're also going to be a Amanda's podcast. Yeah. And in her intake form was, what are your non-negotiables? And Jacqueline and I were like, hmm, we what don't have any question. <laughs> we did not have any. That's what we answered. Negotiables. We always want to hear what the options are. What are some examples that people have given? Yeah, um, I'll do the non-negotiables in a second. But you okay. brought up something that reminded me with you know non-negotiable. So we're talking about time constraints and using mm-hmm. the, your current like where you're at. Um, your full-time job as a constraint within your schedule, and one and made me think about uh, one of the mistakes that people make, uh, when they're making the transition is that they leap too soon. Mm -hmm. And it usually is driven from an emotional place. And it's this belief of like, Oh, if I just had more time, I could get it all done. And 
to be honest, it's, it's what I found even from my own personal experiences. It's really not about more time. It's about how do I use effectively the time that I have? Because if I just get more time, I'm going to use that time the same way that I'm currently using it. It's also with money. If you think, oh, if I could just make $75,000, everything would be fine. Then you make $75,000 and you're like, oh, if I just made $150,000, then I'd be good. It's not about the actual quantity of money or the quantity of time because you're still going to treat it the same way you're currently treating it, just the way you treat your money. And so that is where it's a really good way to practice the, the time that you currently have because what I've seen too often is people leap too soon because they're just like, oh, I just want to get out. I want to have more time. I'll figure it out when I quit my job is that you actually have all this time, but you get less done. Because you don't have a plan, you don't know what you need to do, you haven't like maximized your, you haven't maxed out of pushing yourself and really exercising like the time frame management thing, um, which is I just think is so important and it's such a good skill to exercise when you are in your full time job. Uh, as far as like the non negotiables, people will say like their faith is a non negotiable, so making sure that they make time for that. Some people have um, meditation, uh, non negotiable. One of the gals that I interviewed, she does not. She like she works when she's at work and she goes into a physical office. And when she's at home with her kids, her phone is away. Like that's just the boundary that she sets. So she's like, I'm either hundred percent at work or I'm hundred percent with my kids and family. Like there's no here, let me just pick up my phone and do that. And I've like, I like really respect that because it is so easy to be doing one task and then pick up our phone and do another thing. Like, um, I have since moved my phone and it charges in my den. It does not charge anywhere near my computer or like, um, near, my bed. It's just way too easy if it's next to me to grab it, to pick it up the first thing in the morning. Um, is it perfect all the time? No. Do sometimes like when we were moving, I did plug my phone in by my bed because I didn't have my den set up. So like it changes. Right. But, um, one of mine is that I need sleep. Like if I can't get nine hours of sleep or if I can't get working out like that, those are non-negotiables for me. I will move schedule. I will say no to things if I know that I'm not able to get sleep or like working out. So that is one of the non-negotiables and taking time away from the phone. It's just another thing to mentally manage when you like pick up your phone and open the Instagram app. Like it is a beautiful place and thing that we have internet that can connect us with so many things and people and make an impact. But sometimes it can be overwhelming and it's just recognizing like, okay, I am going to set my phone down and I don't need to pick it up. I don't need to feel like I should be doing something on it. Yeah, I think, and and you bring up a good point with social media. So oftentimes people like they do say, I don't have enough time for this or whatever. But if you, what I love about like the iPhone is it monitors your, mm. how long you're on it. So everyone should take a look at their phone and see how many minutes they've spent that day or that week on certain apps. And then think about what you could do with that 49 minutes a day, for example, mm. or two and a half hours a day on Instagram, who knows how long you're spending, but um, what could you do with that? And so I think it's a great, a great point. Would you mind telling us then, I think a really important thing is the, the jump, the jump too soon or the jump at the right time. Like how do they wrap their heads around that? Yeah, I definitely don't think, I mean, there's never a quote unquote right time. And Tim Ferriss has a really great quote on that. I think in four hour work week, it's kind of, um, everybody has different risk tolerance. And so I think one of the best places to start is, um, getting to know your personal numbers and your personal finances really well. Cause some people feel comfortable if they have three months in savings, some people want six months in savings. Um, so it really like starts with, you know, your numbers from a personal standpoint, you know, what's coming in and going out. And if you have a spouse, does he or she, 
um, making sure that they're on board. I mean, money is such a integral thing and everybody handles it differently, especially as an individual or even if they're in a, um, a couple relationship. But to make like an example easy is it might be that, um, you're in your job and like one of your students is building their product-based business. I think the key things to assess is one, the risk tolerance. Number two is what is your financial goal? Do you want to replace your income 50% of the way or um, do you want to do a full 100% of the way? Um, What is your timeline? Like if you decide that you want to quit in 12 months, like what do you need to do to make that happen? How much revenue do you want to bring in on a consistent basis? And so getting really clear um, with those as well. Like, and I think once you level set the base of what it is that you want to be bringing in, how much you want to have saved, like things will shift. For example, one of my really good friends, she was working a corporate job. This was like years ago and she was building her business on the side and she had saved up a 12 months worth of savings to live off of, but she wasn't going to quit until she could validate the product. And as soon as she started earning um, 50% of her income three months in a row, she's like, okay, that is my way of saying like, I believe in myself. I'm validated my product. Like I'm ready to go all in. And I know that's probably not the answer that most people want to hear because it's not like a cut and dry, but you have to do the work to really get to, to really understand your personal finances first to then move into like figuring out what is that number that you want to aim towards in your business. And that's what I found with people who like when they have a plan and they know exactly where they're heading, it's easier to execute because you have the vision and you know where you're going. Mm-hmm. I feel like entrepreneurs must have a really high risk tolerance. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think naturally entrepreneurs have risk tolerance, but there definitely are those entrepreneurs that don't have a high risk tolerance. And so for them, um, they might need, you know, 18 months of savings. And that's why it's so different. Like for me, when I quit corporate America and I became a freelancer, I, I mean, and I want to do it the way that I did it, which is why I'm like sharing, like, don't do this. Um, I granted I was like 24 and I knew that I had seven months of confirmed contract work that would take me 18 months. And Um, but like I didn't, I had a risk. I had in that circumstance of my life, like I had student loans and I had a car payment and I had a rent. So, and I was like location independent because I had to travel every week anyway. So it didn't like, there were so many things that I didn't, my circumstance just, it allowed me the opportunity to not really have that much of a savings because of my situation. Now everybody's different. So it really just, it goes back to risk tolerance and having a plan and, checking in like where are we at and what feels good and what doesn't feel good. I think Dave Ramsey, he also says this all the time. I might mess it up, but he says, live like no one else today. So you can live like no one else tomorrow, basically. And so I think, and that's financial, right? Like save, 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 pay your mortgage, all that. But if we're going to use that sort of thing for people who want to jump out of corporate or their full-time job into their side hustle and make it their full-time job that supports them and their families. Um, you have to do that with your time, like you said. So you might be doing the four to six o'clock shift and of working on your product business, mm-hmm. not going out the night before with your friends. So that's right now, like you're going to, you're going to commit that time to put the work in to build the business. And then also like you, you're saying, if it's 18 months worth of savings, you also have to save, save, save. So whatever maybe potentially if you get to the point, whatever money you're making in your own, in your job, 
that you're saving what you can, right? Or maybe, and then the money that you're making in your product business hopefully stays within that. And I think an important thing for people in product-based businesses is like, they should be, they should have savings to support them, right? So they can financially afford to live. And I feel like the other side of the coin is to get your product business to the point that it can support itself mm-hmm. you pay for the product that needs to be made to keep turning it out. Because if you run out of money for your product business and you have to pull personal money into it, then you really can't, there's not enough money to go around. Yeah. So I think that's important to like stabilize the business separately than yourself as a as a person with rent or mortgage or whatever it is. Yeah. No, that's a really great point too. Cause that is, I mean, with product-based business and I have some people that are, um, which when you guys come on, they might like migrate over to you guys. Cause it might be a more of a line fit, but I think it is true. Cause you have like cost of goods sold and you have a lot more, I mean, having inventory and being able to like carrying that and you want to be able to cover those investments or expenses versus like if you're do, just doing straight up like online business, no product, it's much easier to keep a low overhead. That's the thing with product-based businesses too, is that their, their production doesn't end with that first run. They're mm-hmm. always going into production, always investing. So you're taking the leap over and over and over. <laughs> it is a matter of where your risk tolerance is. If you're thinking, oh, mm-hmm. I'm so close to running out of money and I have to pull from somewhere else, it makes it that much more difficult than if you have sales coming in, you can project out some sales, you know which platforms are selling really well and it kind of minimizes the risk. It does, it minimizes, but you, and you had said too, like having a full-time job and a full-time income and salary, like being able to use that money, like you said, invest in the business, not just in the product, but to have like join the mastermind. You know, you guys have obviously proven that you're you're successful at what you're doing. So that's just another example of people are tuning in. Like invest in people who are doing what it is that you want to do and are successful at it because it is worth the dollars, the time and energy to pay someone to go from zero to 10 in half the time than if you just try to piecemeal it and figure it out on your own. Like It may be perceived cheaper, but in terms of how much time you're going to spend trying to figure it out and, and do it all, like it's just your money's way better. I think better invested in people that can teach you exactly how to do it. So yeah, I mean, about signing up for a mastermind for their product (laughs) mastermind. I mean, I would do it. They're they're obviously very successful. So why wouldn't, you know, like my friend's blogging course, I'm like, yeah, I'll pay $300 for that because you know what? You're successful at it. And I want to know exactly how you do it. And that's what we do for our clients. Like in our mastermind, for example, they're, they're starting to source like packaging or maybe something happened with USPS and like shipping. And so we're helping them navigate. So yeah, it is an investment sometimes into this like a, a mastermind or coaching or consultants, but that it does, like you said, it minimizes one, we want to minimize the learning curve for people. So if you really do have a goal in the next 12 months that you want to move your business from, maybe you're making a couple thousand dollars a month. to so you want to make 8,000 a month to hit a hundred thousand dollars. The time let's say with us, and we've seen this time and time again, like we had a client in our mastermind leave corporate full time product business, you know, um, yeah. And she had a young kid. Like she was able to do all the things and is because we were able to help her get really smart about where she put her time and her money. Like don't you like product people go really, they go wide sometimes, not deep. Mm. Like oh, I'm going to add this and I'm going to add that. And I'm going to do this. And we really, really, really try and focus people to go deep on what's working so that you don't have your money in lots of places. Yeah. That's a good, I mean, such a good reminder too, for any business. Like 
especially early in the beginning, go deep with what's working and then start to expand. And that was one of the things that she did it her way in the beginning because I had shiny ball syndrome. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, I think this sounds really good in this. And like now two and a half years later, like things are up and running. But if I would do it differently, I would just focus on one thing, one funnel, one focus, Mm -hmm. one product. But you don't know from the get-go, right? Hindsight is... 2020. So, <laughs> so it's easy to, easy to look back and know where all those things you could have done differently, which is the benefit of the coaches, right? You get to basically pay for their hindsight view of what mm-hmm. they would do differently. So you get all those gems oh, without I having like to that. deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> I like that too. I've never heard it. The hind- oh, well, I just thought of it. Thank you guys. <laughs> Paying for the hindsight view. I was at a concert, a Michael Buble concert the other couple of weeks ago and we were just talking about like they, he had a full orchestra and symphony. And then someone was like, how much do you think they make? And, um, someone had said a number and they're like, yeah, but they only work like four hours a day. And I was like, dude, I'm like, you're not paying just for their time. You're paying for all the time and energy that they have spent in, in practice when they weren't getting paid because they're so good at what they do. Mm-hmm. And, um, you just saying like the hindsight thing reminded me is like, people aren't paying just for your hour of that time in that moment people, you're investing in their mistakes, their learning lessons, what they've learned all the way up until they like launch this coaching program with you. And it's such another great reminder, even like for myself too, right? Well, and that's the thing, like, let's say musicians is that you're paying for the fact that they can show up and quickly learn the music and be there. So maybe they don't have to take the entire orchestra on tour with them, but they can hire local musicians and, you know, make it happen quickly. So I think that idea, everybody wants things faster and cheaper and, you know, and the fast part of it. And so it's not always easy, but if you can have help to shortcut it, right? Mm-hmm. Then it's less time in corporate. It's less time trying to figure all the things out and you're getting somebody to give you sort of clear steps that you can make like plan the way that you were talking about in the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Also, so, it's nice to have somebody to talk to, right? I think there's this yeah. balance of, you know, with every entrepreneur and is that um, when they're trying to take the leap, it's the, this portion calling to you that's like, hey, you really should save 12 months worth of investment. And the other part that's like, YOLO, baby. (laughs) (laughs) YOLO. Every scenario, there's always going to be those two divides, you know, the balance of it. You kind of have to have those people remind you, remember, this is the reward at the end of it. So Amanda, we tend to, we want to ask you, we have these like fun rapid fire questions that we ask towards the end of our episode. Um, So you ready? Yeah. Okay. So what is your coffee order? Ooh, black, black coffee. Me too. Blonde. I like a light roast, which actually has more caffeine in it. Mm -hmm. A little bit because it doesn't get roasted out. Mm -hmm. And side note, coffee has more caffeine than espresso. I don't know if everyone knows that. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. Favorite thing on your desk. (laughs) It's a hot mess right now because I just moved into it. I would say my new iMac. Ooh, that's a good thing. thing. It is like 30 times faster than my laptop. It's terrible. It's yeah. I'm so happy. Um, So finish this sentence. When I pick up my phone, I. Oh, um, usually do Instagram or check mint. Mint. Oh, is that, nice. Yeah. Yeah. The financial thingy. So, I yeah. love the graphs and stuff. They are great. Except yeah. for I have connectivity issues sometimes. <laughs> on You're like, why does it say $500? <laughs> it is always saying error, error. I'm like, oh. Oh, you're talking about the account. Yeah, I yeah. have that too sometimes. Yeah. yeah, I um, 
my husband and I, the way that we do it, we combine everything and we like set up all these, um, budgets and stuff. So I made a commitment for one month to like build the habit of like getting in there and checking in. And I don't know. I just, I like it. That's awesome. All right. You wish you knew how to speak a foreign language. Mm. And then what was the last show you binge watched? What was it that I just binge watched? We like, I want to say it was one, um, it was either suits or we finished that. And then, uh, that there's a, with Jack, is it Jack Ryan? I think it's on. Oh yeah. So good. Yeah. That was really good as well. So Mm -hmm. that was what we just been. I was mad that it ended at like eight episodes or something crazy. It was so short. Okay. What should the title in your email signature actually say? The action catalyst. I think I say that right. I think action catalyst. And what I mean by that is I think I'm really good at getting people just to take action. It doesn't mean like if you're stuck and you're not moving, like really good at helping people remove it and just get them to take massive action in the beginning. Um, yeah. So I I like that. that. Mm -hmm. And then do you have an alter ego or stage persona? Oh, I think I'm going to say Jennifer Lawrence just because I often get told that I kind of look like her sometimes, but I have, I've been asked if I've like done acting before and I mean, nothing major, but I mean, (laughs) high school plays, I did high school plays and musicals. Um, and I like emceeing and obviously being a host, I was fun. Yeah. Side note, she's gorgeous. If you guys haven't seen her, so you could see her on Instagram. (laughs) Okay. I I paid you to say that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, and then Mina's going to ask you the last question. I actually have two questions. What's your favorite emoji? Um, most used, I should say most used emoji. Oh, the one with the stars. I'm a very expressive person. Like you don't oh, use star eyes. Yeah. The star eyes or the poop one too. Cause that's really fun. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so we often say that entrepreneur years are like dog years. What oh. would you tell baby Amanda in the beginning of her journey now that you learned now back then? <laughs> oh God. You get the question, right? <laughs> what would I tell myself in the beginning? Right. Don't think too much and just keep going. Good. Yeah. Love Very it. good. So would you mind telling our listeners how they can connect with you? Yes. My email address and my uh, PO box. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> it's, you can go to she did it her way um, podcast.com. I'd love, love, love. Um, that's where you guys can go check out like all the other episodes and the freebies and stuff. But I hang out at the Instagram, the she did it her way account. So I'm be bopping in out all over there. I keep it pretty, pretty business on that one. But I obviously, I still have my personal one because my family's like, Hey, we want to see what you're doing and like where you're at. And I'm like, okay, well that's going to go on that one. Um, but yeah, come say hi. I'm like in and out. I would love to meet you. It's so fun. And the journey of like transitioning out of corporate, it is not always easy. And that's why it's so important to have a community and a group of people or a mastermind to, to do these things with, because it is possible. And I think sometimes we want to give up on ourselves during the hard times and we can't do that. I don't want you to do that on yourself. We don't either. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, thank you, Amanda. We loved having you you on. This is so fun. Thank you guys. This episode is over, but it doesn't have to end. Head over to our Facebook group, search for the Product Boss Biz Community, or the link is also in the show notes. Come connect with other product bosses just like you. We'll see you in there. If you love the Product Boss Podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, share, rate, and give a review on iTunes. Until next time, Product Bosses, let's make it happen.